0: Shannon Romano, aka Pigment on Instagram, has over 20 years of industry experience. She's a mother of four and currently a wig designer and precision colorist. She's worked with celebrities and entertainers such as Cardi B, Mercedes Vernado, and Trinity Fatu, as well as fashion designers, Terra Babylon, and other charitable organizations. Today, we're going to hear all about her story, how she got to where she is, and uh, we can't wait to hear this. Welcome back to the Hairdresser Strong Show. I'm your host, Robert Hughes, and today I'm with Shana- Shannon Romano. How are you doing today, Shannon?
1: I'm great. How are you? I'm
0: Excited. good. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited to get you on the show. Uh, So a little backstory for anybody listening or watching. Uh, I met Shannon at uh, the Presley Poe and Friends event. And uh, I saw I saw her work and it was just so awesome and incredible and amazing. And so uh, if you've ever seen her work, you should just Check the uh description below. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, there will be a, a link. If you're listening on podcasts, there will be a link to see her work. Uh, if you're if this is Instagram uh or TikTok, you can check out there'll be um the handles for you to check her stuff out. Okay, so Shannon, tell us a little bit about um you know how you got into this, how you got into the industry. Why don't you kind of give us a little run through of uh you know the story of leading up to this? Because uh, like I always like to talk about. Um, people didn't just wake up and be successful. There's usually a story there.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So like you said, I've been doing hair off and on for the past 20 years. And I started out actually as an apprentice. Um it's so hard because it was like tw- over 20 years ago, but I think I graduated high school early. And the thing was, didn't really know like what I wanted to do necessarily. I always did my friend's hair and stuff like that. I've always been artistic and kinda wanted to go to art school but not really sure like what for necessarily and um I remember actually I went to the community college to sign up and the counselor basically was like telling me not to go to college. She's like it sounds like you know you're not really sure what you wanna do and you need some time to kinda of figure that out and she was kinda of telling me I should go to hair school. And at that time too, my mom, um, had a hairstylist and she was talking to him about me and he was looking for an apprentice at the time. So it was kind of like just mashed up at the perfect time. So I started working with him as an apprentice and this was in California. So I don't know like, if this even exists anymore there or if it exists at all anymore, but I hope it does because it was just, the greatest experience. I think I just got into it too at like that perfect time. Like I never had any other job, like right out of high school. So I was like fresh for being molded as far as like how to be and like just not as just with hair, but like how to talk to people and conversate and all of that. And um so yeah, so it was the apprenticeship you basically go to the salon every day. It's like the total salon experience every day. And then I had um The other work that I had to do, like learning like the different, I don't remember, things you have to learn in the book. Um, And then on the weekends, I would go to Palm Springs for more like the book work and the testing and all that stuff. So it was definitely different in cosmetology school. I mean, I didn't go to cosmetology school, but I would say that it definitely I feel that experience helped me as far as like going from, you know, graduating and getting my license into been doing hair and I did booth rental right off the bat with that.
0: Did you do booth rental with the guy that you did your apprenticeship program with?
1: Yeah so apprenticeship programs also they're longer I think it was almost two years so I really got to know like his clients and they got to know me and I got to know like the whole system as far as like I mean, I guess I don't really know what they teach you like in hair school, but just, you know, writing people's formulas down, like having cards on everybody, like how to book appointments and, you know, how to do all these, these things. So I was really comfortable in the salon and a lot, I wouldn't say a lot, but a few of his clients came to me after because obviously it wasn't as expensive as him. And um, so I took on some of his clients and then also I got really lucky because this lady I worked with was leaving right as I was graduating. so all her clients would see me all the time too. And they knew who I was and like, they would see the work I would do like in the salon, I would bring people in to practice on. And so, you know, I was pretty good. So um, I basically got her whole clientele, like when she left. So literally like when I, when I started doing hair on the floor, um, had a full clientele for the most part. So it was honestly like a very positive experience, I'd say right off the bat. Um, I didn't really have a lot of downtime as far as like waiting around for people or like trying to promote myself and like, this is way before, um, Instagram or anything like that. So it was just such a different time, but it was almost, I would say too good to be true because I was so young. I didn't realize like how lucky I was with the job that I had and basically when you're a booth rental stylist you're also pretty much your own boss you know like you can kind of come and go as you please and I always say that it like ruined me for other jobs because other jobs aren't like that you know <laughs> like you clock in or you have to stay for a certain amount of time and it's just I've also had other jobs so that's how I know like that's the case because I have I think because it was so easy right away, I was like, Oh, I'm just going to go, I'm going to move to Vegas and new hair in Vegas and like be successful there. And it's going to be super easy. I'm going to do all these things. And so I did that and I did booth rental in this salon in Vegas. And it was the first time I had like moved away from home and like moved out of my parents' house and all that. And it was like a huge slap in the face because it wasn't like my first experience like at all. And it was hard to like build in this area. It was like kind of like new and growing. So uh, I had like no idea like how I was supposed to get clients in that way. There was like no real like word of mouth yet. I also came from like a smaller town, which definitely has its plus and minuses for anyone out there that feels like, Oh, I live in such a small town. And you know, what was me? it's a lot easier in my experience to grow in a smaller town because it's such a closer knit situation. And in Vegas, it's so different. People it's very, it's like a very transient city. Like people are coming and going constantly. It's huge. Like there's a salon in every corner. It's just so different. And I was young at the time and I was just like, well, this sucks. You know, like, am I going to do, I couldn't even afford to Hold on. Someone's calling me I'm trying to, can you see me? Yeah. <laughs> can you? Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I couldn't even afford to do what I was doing in that way. I had to get a second job and I worked at Target and I also was still doing hair, but I think I was just too young, you know, and I just didn't realize like how good I had had it before. And, but also I was like lacking the experience of just having, I don't want to say like a normal job because. Straight out of high school, it was like I had this serious career. I didn't have, like, this fun job to kind of, like, figure things out. and My fun job to turn into, like, something that maybe I didn't really enjoy anymore and aspire more to have a career. You know what I mean? So I kind of, like, went backwards, I feel like, in that sense. Because then I went to, like, uh, worked at Target. And, like, I had my friends there. And it was just more fun. And I ended up, I stopped doing hair. Trying to think because I have I've never like talked about this part of my story, but I think it's important because it's definitely a journey like doing hair is definitely a journey
0: you know well uh i think you i think this part uh, this this part of your story uh is i think very familiar to a lot of rising stylists and people coming out and trying to like get started and uh there's a lot of people there's a lot of of young people who leave the industry because it's too hard to build a clientele uh early on and you got to like no one they don't want to eat ramen noodles and live in a house uh, with like six people so um i think it's important i i love this part of the story so please sorry to interrupt but yes
1: no it's so true like i'm definitely that person that started in it did it got out of it didn't really think i'd ever go back to it i um i ended up working at the airport and so at this point too like when you're young you kind of like you're just trying to make enough money to survive you know okay. to like live on your own and so I was very much like the hustler in that sense just like well, how do I get this job and how much money does that pay and so I worked at the airport and then a friend that is actually not my husband um that I met there worked for the MGM and he was a conversion to oh he was a stagehand for the MGM um he used to set up for concerts and shows and stuff like that and he was telling me like how much money he made and all this stuff and I'm just like man I want to get into that so I got into doing that part-time while working at the airport and um I think after like a couple of years of that I just I think I well I got more comfortable like when we we got together and we actually I can't remember now I think it was Yeah. After we had our first kid, I was kind of thinking more on the lines of like, what am I really going to do with my life? You know? And I still really missed doing hair. And, but I also had this like really good job where I paid good money. Um, I worked for Cirque Soleil at the time. And they kind of, at this, this type of work, they would call it the golden handcuffs because it's like really good money, but it was also like very, it's like, literally the same thing every single day. Like you watch I worked um on a, a resident show for Cirque du Soleil and I was a spotlight operator. So literally watch the same show twice a day every day. Like five days a week, you know? Literally like doing the same cues, hearing the same music, like the same. It's it's pretty crazy. Um and I started to feel like oh my God, like this sucks. Like I can't it was great money, but I just couldn't do it anymore. It was just too monotonous. And I was so, I like, just bored out of my mind with it. Um, and I really like dreamt about like going back to, into hair and like doing hair and like really going for it in like the sense that I really never did before, like just making more of a career out of it. And just, I appreciated it a lot more, I think, experiencing all these other types of jobs, Um, where you don't have the freedom like I was saying as far as like being your own boss uh, making your own hours like being flexible like even little things like walking outside if you want to take a break for a second you know like things like that there's a lot of really just cool things when you're a hairstylist and you're you know your own boss that you can do that you can't do in other jobs you know and kind of take that for granted especially if A lot of us go into cosmetology school when we're young and like right out of high school so I think you just you don't you don't know what you don't know like you don't know how good you know certain aspects of doing hair are and so for me like I think gaining really experience which is only gained through living life and just like you know growing up um I missed that like I missed that aspect of it so I did, I just, I got back into it, but I swear, like from my story, I feel like I've experienced kind of little bits and pieces of like most hairdressers story because when I went back the second time, I decided, okay, like I need to start and I need to go to a commission salon because I didn't know how to grow from scratch just doing booth rental. And so with commission salons, like you make money right off the bat you know, like you don't have to worry about like clients coming to you and you don't also necessarily have to worry about like promoting yourself to getting clients because the salon does that for you. So my second time around with doing hair and the experience I gained from doing it the first time, I just realized that. And I was like, all right, so I'll go to a commission salon and I'll, you know, build that way. And that it was a really smart way to build. And honestly, I think after like four or five months of doing commission, I had enough clients to where I could go and like do booth rental. Um, and there were obviously like, there's ups and downs with commission. There's ups and downs with booth rental. Like it just kind of depends on what you're doing. But um, I would suggest to anyone kind of starting out even, and I have talked to Paul Mitchell school students about this before is like, you're getting out of school and I think you're excited to like get on your own and do your own thing and be your own boss. But you are really like missing the aspect of like assisting in a salon and like seeing that whole culture and like how to grow and like be a business person in that aspect. Like you don't learn a lot of that. I don't think in hair school. So I always, I told these kids, I remember, um, to go assist and I remember they were just, like, looking at me, like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm not going to go assist.
0: Okay, <laughs> boomer. <laughs> yeah, they're like,
1: yeah, right. Like, I'm going to go be my own boss, make my own money. Like, I'm not going to go assist somebody. But um, that was kind of my advice to them was to, like, get into a place in that way. Like, assist, make a little bit of money, like, learn that culture, and then transition into, like, you know, more so being your own boss. But, like, it doesn't really stop with getting your license and like, you know, I'm not sure how long hair school is, what, like a year?
0: Most places it's about a year.
1: Yeah. And so if you think about like just any career, that's really what hair is. It's not just a job at McDonald's, like it's a career. So most careers or most people go to school for years for their careers. You know what I mean? So it really doesn't stop there. And even for me, like being an, an apprentice and then getting on my own and working and then all the experience I had, it was still like the education of it. You know, I was still like learning like my journey with my career and like how to make it work in my life. And I would say that's the thing with hair is I think it's hard because, you know, you get your license right away and you think you're going to do all these things and Um, maybe it doesn't necessarily work out that way, especially right off the bat. But like I said, like with any job, especially when you're young and you're getting into like your career, it takes like 10 years to get to that point, you know? And so like, just be, just realize that I think is important that it's not going to be easy and it's not, you're not going to love everything about it, but like, you have to constantly figure out like what works for you or what you need to do to make it work you know what I mean because in any job it's that way like if you think doing hair is hard or you know not fulfilling you in certain ways like it did for me and then I went and had these other jobs I kind of like picked up these experiences from doing different things and figured out like okay well that's not that great either or well maybe I like this but I don't really like that and that's just life like it's just it's not it's not fun all the time it's like also hard but in those hard times I think is how you really figure out your path and like going through those hard times I genuinely feel is how you get to where you really want to be and like like really feel fulfilled so I just feel like hair I always say like it's a journey you know it's definitely a journey like even if you say oh I'm not gonna you know put it on hold or I'm not gonna do hair anymore like I guarantee you probably will come back to it after you kind of like had some experience and like figured other things out. Um, I think the people that stick to it and stay in it, it's because it's a passion. And um, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but like the thing that kept me coming back to it genuinely was the artistic aspect of it. And being able, I think to like make money being artistic was the most fulfilling thing for me um and with hair other than like my other job where i was saying it's like the same every day hair is always different and like for me and my brain like that's what makes my brain happy like i have to be constantly just stimulated in that in doing different things you know what i mean and every single day is different when you're a hairstylist totally. and, yeah and like that's the best part and there aren't a lot of jobs that are like that so you might not even realize that until like you step away and you do other things, you know, if hair is the one thing you've ever done. Cause I didn't know that, you know?
0: <laughs> so, uh, so, so, um, Let's go. I want to hear the rest of your story on how you got to where you are. And so you were saying that you you decided to get back into hair. You start. You went to a salon, a commission salon. You worked there about four or five months, and then you decided to go back to booth rental.
1: Yeah. So I worked there for about four or five months. Honestly, I probably would have worked there longer if the owners were better. With people um i felt like it was really micromanaged to death and there were just a lot of things in the way like they treated people and not just like the people that worked there but the customers and just the way they would charge things for certain things i just felt was wrong um and it, like i said like i worked in vegas so i felt like there's already like this idea that it's like bigger and better and the prices are higher but like they were taking in people straight out of school and like charging like ridiculous amounts of money to clients coming in to get like what these clients are thinking they're coming in for, which is, you know, someone that's really been doing something this for a long time. And anyway, I just felt like there were just things about it. that didn't really sit right with me. So I, um, ended up, yeah, leaving and going to a booth rental salon and, um, worked there for a couple of years actually until I had Um, my third child, so um, yeah, and that's when I kind of took a break after I had her because we ended up. Wait, hold on, let me think. Yeah, so I took a break after I had her, and that's kind of when Instagram started. And so, if you got into doing hair, I feel like before Instagram existed or social media in general, before it existed, um you really realize like how much of a difference utilizing this tool could make in your life. Like when I first started doing hair, I felt like, man, I would literally look through, I remember, I'm pretty sure it was behind the chair. It used to just be a magazine. And I remember sitting there and I would look through this magazine and I would just think, man, like, how do I do that? Like, I want to do, I wanted to do like all the things, you know, like how do I become a platform artist or how do I, you know enter naha and like all this stuff and back then it was like it, it just seemed like such an impossible feat you know oh, what right. you like who would you even contact it right. was like you know and so after my third baby i that's when like instagram started taking off and i was just like oh my god like this is amazing because i loved because i'm also like really into visuals obviously um and I love like the photography of it. And like, that's when like colorful hair started to really become a thing. And I was just got so into wanting to do just that. And I decided, all right, like I'm going to take this time to like build my portfolio so that I can market myself to do more of the stuff that I, I'm passionate about that I want to do. And so that's kind of what I started doing. So that's when I got actually into working with wings and extensions Which ironically wasn't, it wasn't something that I was like passionate about, like working with wigs or anything like that. Um, It was because I didn't have models, like I didn't have people to work on. So I had to figure out a way to do it, to, to market myself to like bring that in, you know what I mean? And so it kind of started out as that. And I would just like place these extensions. I would just started with extensions because I didn't even like the realm of like, Doing, coloring a wig was just so beyond something I thought I could be capable of or to do. I had, like, no clue about hair in that way. And so I started working with extensions, and I would, like, place them on my head and take pictures of myself. Like, I would just be the model because I'm just, like, <laughs> doing it all myself. Um, and it's funny because of the time, it was kind of an insecurity of mine to feel like I had to do this in this way. Like, I didn't want people to really know it was me. And so I would, like, kind of, like, cover my face and, like, paint, you know, paint my face different all the time so that people would kind of know it wasn't just me all the time. Um, And it's funny because, like, this insecurity of mine of, like, working with extensions, I felt like, oh, my God, like, um, I don't want to say, like, embarrassed, but kind of because, like, I didn't have models, you know, but it ended up being like what set me apart. Like that's literally all I do now is work with wigs, which is so interesting to me because it was like this insecurity of mine that ended up becoming like what I feel, um, you know, changed my life and changed my career in that way. And it was definitely not planned. I didn't like sit there and think to myself, you know, where do i want to be in 5 10 years as far as like this huge master plan of doing this um and i think and i i mean not that i don't think in that way but like i feel like it can kind of get you messed up as far as just like having these more like smaller goals like for me it was okay i just want to like take cool photos and you know create this portfolio and like that was my focus like i didn't try to think too much into the future as far as like what else am i doing and i feel like a lot of people will say to you, cause I remember feeling this way, you know, what's your goal? Like, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want this to be? And like, you know, what's your long-term goal? And it's just like, there's so much pressure around that. Like what your huge master plan here? And I feel like it's just BS because one, like that constantly changes, you know, yeah. like as you get older, whatever you, your plan is today could change as far as like what your interests are. So there really is no like master plan. And that's kind of like how I see what I'm doing is I just try to focus on what I'm doing now, what I like about what I'm doing now and like what I don't like about what I'm doing and like just tweaking and changing things. Don't just like throw in the towel, you know, like figure out what it is that needs to change to keep you going, to keep you happy. And then you end up in this place like, like what I do now with wigs, um, just by following, I guess, following your heart you know so
0: i love that it's like um i was thinking uh, like while you were saying that i was like yeah you won you definitely sound quite passionate on uh, about the artistic side and uh, i'm glad you said that about like big plans and just like because i do think people can get a little overwhelmed and uh, I do also like, like these little goals and just kind of keep moving on things, moving forward. But also, you also sound a little like a scientist, like <laughs> kind of tinkering in a lab. It's like, oh, that didn't work. You know, when people, when scientists are in a lab, they're trying to create a new drug or uh, for something, um, for example, or they're trying to find a solution to something. They just keep playing around until they kind of find out what works. And um, I love that. Uh, I want to uh, take a second, uh, since we're talking about what you're doing, i want to share my screen. I pulled up your Instagram. Um, I wanted to share that with everybody so they can kind of see in case they haven't heard I uh, had a chance to see your work. Um, just want to show people like what the type of stuff we're talking about here. And, yeah. um, so like, when did you get uh, like, tell tell us a little bit about like that process of getting into doing this as a thing um like were you always doing this kind of fun really creative uh type of artwork on your wigs
1: um no I think it started out more as just more you know like the creative color type stuff like a lot of the stuff you see on Instagram as far as like blending color and stuff like that I kind of just got more into that but I think because of my situation and like doing it from home and working on, um, you know, wigs and extensions, I had this, like, there was no pressure around it. You know what I mean? Like there's pressure around, I guess, messing it up and you know, you have to buy this hair or whatever, but it wasn't like I was working on an actual human being and I had a certain amount of time that it needed to be done in. Or what if I mess up and doesn't come out right? Like there was no pressure in that way. So it, when that pressure was just not there, it just opened up like this whole other world of possibilities because I had time and I had no pressure that it was like on someone's head. So it's just like, I just like hit the ground running with that, you know, as far as like, Oh, maybe I should try this or maybe I should try that. And, you know, obviously I screwed up a lot of things and uh mess up a lot of stuff, but it wasn't it wasn't a human, so it was fine, and I think just you know that element of it is what really brought me to what i'm doing if i was if I only ever worked on models like like I was saying before like i man i I wish I could have had models to work on. It was like you know, I'd see all these people on Instagram and they have all these models that come in and they do their hair, and I was man, I wish I could do that, but because I didn't have that, I had to figure out a different way that ended up ironically, um, working out better for me, you know what I mean? So, and that's the thing is like, you can't necessarily take like a part of your life or a situation and see it like a negative thing. Like you really have to see what it is about your situation that you can, you know, use it to your advantage. And like, also for me, we ended up moving across the country and I had another, my fourth baby, and um, I wanted to stay home with him until he started school. And I think at this point, I realized, especially especially having kids, like how valuable time is. And when he was home with me, I realized, you know what? Like I have this time. Either you have time or you have money. Is kind of the thing I feel and i had time and i didn't want to waste it by not doing anything so that's also when i really started to get more in like the creative aspect of it now what's kind of crazy about that is i moved across the country and so at this point i was just doing kind of more like color melts and stuff like that but when i moved across the country i got really depressed really homesick and i think it took on this whole other type of art because um Maybe because of that, you know, like I needed to tap in more into like the artistic, artistic aspect of my brain because I needed the distraction at the time as well. And, um, I've always loved art. I've always, you know, loved doing stuff like that, but I wouldn't necessarily say I was, I didn't have a ton of like, I don't, I've never done a painting, you know what I mean? I think I've done like one or like a couple with my kids. Um, like with the hair hair industry people, they were asking me, like, you know, did you go to school for this or did you, you know, do you have like a ton of drawings? And I'm like, no, I just it was always like something I did kind of for fun and I was pretty good at it, but it wasn't until I started doing it on hair that I got good at it, which is so weird. But remember my dad was telling me, he's like, Well, why don't you t- try doing that on like Canvas? Cause it'd probably be easier than trying to do it on hair. And I was just like, well, yeah, but like, I don't have time. And at that point I have four kids and I'm like, all right, well I only have time to practice this and get good at it because obviously like I liked it, but I also knew like, I wanted to turn this somehow into my job, like once he went to school. So it wasn't like I was just doing it as an outlet. Like I did have this, you know, plan in mind to somehow like turn this into my career I didn't know how exactly that was going to work but that was why I was doing it on hair otherwise I probably would have just been doing it on canvas but like I needed to somehow like incorporate this into my hair career because that's all I've really known and that's kind of how this happened and so it's funny because like I said before like I really wanted to go to art school when I graduated high school I also always loved photography. Um, and I loved doing hair. And now, ironically, like I do all of these things in my career, you know? so, like somehow, like they all ended up becoming what I do now, which is so bizarre to me because I'm not I wouldn't say like I'm someone that's necessarily like I don't like believe in fate necessarily of things, but it's just kind of ironic to me that it ended up that way. But also, I think it's because. I always focused on
0: what made me happy, you know? This is awesome. So, um, I think I love this story. So, so, uh, how did it go from you tinkering and being artistic and, and, uh, playing around with different types of artwork on the wigs, uh, to like, like, do you remember your first, uh, first, like, sale that wasn't maybe to uh like a friend like someone who like did they reach out to you on Instagram did they uh did you were you working with like a PR person or like how did that happen
1: um so I guess I don't know if I'd say I'm lucky but I had so much fun just figuring out these different things to do on hair that I didn't ever think was possible that that was enough for me for a really long time. Like I was like, I'll look back on my my page and stuff and that was the best time. Like I wasn't making any money. Um, i spent all day, every day doing it and it was like the best time. And it's just funny because that's really what kept me going with it all. And then I think the, the first thing I ever did for someone, um, was this recording artist and she wanted me to do a, like a Pinocchio on, on hair. And I was like, are you crazy? Like, I can't do that. You know? Um, and like a couple other wigs too. She was doing this music video and I ended up doing it um, and it ended up looking really cool. And I remember after I was done, cause it was like two, maybe I think it was two wigs that I did. But I remember after I was so drained, like physically and mentally, I was just like, oh, my God, Like, how am I ever going to do this like consistently as a job, you know, because it was so draining. Um, But I was still kind of learning and I was still just barely like getting into doing stuff like this on full on wigs, because when you do when you're doing stuff on a web, basically, it's like flat. It's like one section of hair that's on a table. So it's totally different when you have to see how to like figure out how to do that on like a full on three-dimensional, like head of hair is a completely different thing. Um, and at that time I, I hadn't mastered that yet. I hadn't even thought that that was even possible to do like on a full head of hair. And I remember I did it on Wes and I like sewed them into this wig and I styled it in like this cute way and it like worked. But I remember um, she was telling me, Oh, you know, like, maybe one day you could like do a wig like with tiger stripes or whatever. And I'm just thinking like, there's no way I could do that. Like no one can do that, you know? Cause, and also with people that don't do hair, like I don't think they understand how difficult this is. Um, hairdressers, I think get it obviously. But like when she said that, I was just thinking, And I told her, I was like, yeah, well I don't like, I can't do that on a whole like head of hair. And she was like, Oh, you'll figure it out. And I'm like, uh, I don't think so. But then when I started to think about it, um, like, why isn't it possible? You know, if it's like the strand of hair and it lays in this certain way and like that's where that hair lives and it's the same as a weft, it's just a section. Like, why can't I do it on a full on wig? So that's when I actually went in and like tried to do it on a full wig. Um, And the White Tiger wig, which is still on my page, is the first wig I ever did in that way, and that wig is actually like throughout the entire head of hair is that design. And I remember I was like so proud of myself for for figuring that out, I was like, and that was the thing, like I felt yeah, I like you said, like a scientist, like figuring out these discoveries, you know, because like, honestly, I feel like I'm kind of the first of this in this way. to so like do it on full on wigs like this. And so it's like, I would have these like discoveries and aha moments of things. I didn't even think I was possible. And like the way that makes you feel inside is just, it's so you like become obsessed with that feeling, you know? And it just, that's kind of what kept me going. Like I said, like maybe I, I honestly like had here and there people that would pay me to do things, but I was just so passionate and like, just loved it so much I just knew there was never a doubt in my mind. And this is like something I realized Like a lot of people don't feel this way, but I feel like all successful people feel this way is um, like, there was never a doubt in my mind that it would work. Like once I figured out how to do it, I just had this feeling like there's no way like this, I won't be successful at this. Like, and I think it was because also like nobody was doing it and it was different and it was like new. And I was good at it, so I just felt like I'm just gonna keep practicing and get better at this thing and fucking master it so that I can be successful at it because honestly, I feel like that was the only thing keeping me you know from being successful was just really mastering it, and I knew that that was possible, so I think that kept me going for a really long time, and then um I would say. I don't know, I have to look at my page, but I did oh right before twenty twenty, I did a wake party B. And I remember at that time too, I was also still really like imagining myself doing something for someone like that big of a celebrity was so stressful. Like I how did intense. she find you? Um her hairdresser actually saw okay. my wife and okay. it was actually it was a wept and uh, she was like hey can you do this or is this a wig like you know so I ended up just doing it because obviously I saw she had interest in it so I did it on a wig I had never done that on a wig and I was still learning like how to do it on wigs you know at this time and so I think I was still not in the right place to like be ready for that kind of a clientele because I could tell like just by the way it made me feel like I just felt so stressed out about it. <laughs> I remember like even going to like FedEx to like send it off, I had like had this like literal like panic attack over it. And I got really down on myself about it because I felt like, you know, why do I feel like this? Like I don't want to feel like this all the time. Like is this not for me? Like am I not going to be able to deal with the stress of, you know, having these types of clients? And it kind of really messed me up and like got in my head and I started to feel like, you know, maybe wasn't what I wanted. And that's when 2020 happened, which is so ironic because it really gave me time to like step back and just practice,
0: you know? Oh, wow. So you could have, you could have also looked at it another way though. Uh, You could have been like down on yourself and then COVID shuts down and you could have taken the the negative route (laughs) that a lot of people took and like, just wallowed in it. And you took that as an opportunity to, uh, step, step it up and like lay it, lean into it. That's, that's pretty impressive. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Because I feel like, like I said, like with having kids, I think it really, really puts into perspective time. And I've always seen it like that. Like if I don't have time, then I'm probably making money, which is great. If I have more time, it's probably cause I'm not making as much money, but, it's also great because with that time there's you can't take back that I never would have got where I am if I didn't have the time you know like didn't matter like how much money I would have had or you know how successful I could have been like working behind the chair again um I had to take the sacrifice of like stepping back and not making much money at all for years (laughs) um but I knew it would pay off and so that's kind of the thing I feel like is either you have time or you have money. So
0: I love yeah. this. Uh, I feel like I could uh, talk to you so much more <laughs> all day. I love hearing your story and I love hearing you talk about your work. It's just, uh, it's like a very, uh, it's like a magnet, like kind of a, pulls, pulls you in. So, um, but I'd like to, I'd like to hear more about like, a day in the life and how you build your business, where you're at now. But I think that's a topic for another conversation. Uh, I think this is a great place to kind of wrap this up. Uh, Do you have any kind of like, you know, I feel like you gave, you dropped so much incredible uh, advice uh, for people who um, are are going through various things at various stages. Uh, but just to like wrap it up, as we wrap it up and sign off, is there any like last uh, minute, like last pieces of things that you want to say to somebody who's uh, maybe in, in a rut or trying to figure things out or has a dream and um, they're not like really sure uh, where to go next? Anything like yeah. that?
1: Definitely. Because I would say, you know, there's always, there'll always be ups and downs. Um, 2020, 2021, honestly, like hit me really hard. Obviously I have four kids. They were home during that whole time. Just life in general was crazy and I went through a hard time as well. And I just feel like I've always kind of struggled off and on with like depression and anxiety. And I would say, probably for the majority, I felt like it was a bad thing. You know, it's like this problem that I have, but honestly, I feel like it's something that literally everyone has, like, it's an emotion. It's a feeling. I don't see it as an illness at all. Like, I feel like if you see it as like your body and your brain is like trying to tell you something, um, it's such a more positive way to like see something like that. Like for me, you know, getting depression or getting anxiety, Basically, it's like telling me something needs to change in my life. And like for me, like usually with depression, it means I've like outgrown whatever space I'm in and I'm ready for more, which is a positive. Right. Um, Or anxiety could be, you know, maybe you're not ready for whatever it is yet. That's like giving you that anxiety. So just really listening to yourself um, and not not like going into the whole of those feelings but like trying to like figure out why you're having those feelings i think is literally how i've gotten to like where i am today
0: awesome Awesome. Wow. Thank you so much. Uh, this is uh, incredible. And um, I definitely want to, uh, I definitely look forward to our next conversation. Uh, but for for now, uh, I want to say thank you for coming on the show and sharing your story. I uh, really do appreciate you take the time. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people will uh, really, res- it'll, I think your story will really resonate with a lot of people. So thank you.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I, I, yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like I'm just like anybody else trying to figure it out, you know? So thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, until next time, take care. All right. You too.